Shalom. Welcome to Pathfinder's Messianic Bible Study. Once again, I'm your host and teacher, Brother Scott Norris. And back with you, um, we're going to discuss today uh, the one of the misunderstood teachings of Yeshua, the authority to bind and loose. Once again, a very misunderstood teaching of binding and loosing. And if you are uh, especially a believer that's uh, raised up in a well, spirit field or Pentecostal or charismatic type of a setting, you know, we're normally taught binding and loosing in terms of simply um, let's bind, you know, the devil and, and, and then lose God's blessing. And, and, and so there is some truth in that. I also discussed, you know, uh, what bind, binding the strong man really means that Yeshua is the strong man coming to bind up the strong man in the household to set captive people free. So it's it's really important for us when we study the word and preach the word to really understand contextually, culturally, historically what the verse is saying so that we can properly exegete or interpret the text. Okay, because the enemy will allow, uh, you know, will will use our misunderstandings against us, you know, and flourish and prosper against us. And then we wonder why we're not seeing the success that we like. And a lot of times things that are taught wrongly is not always done with an insidious effort to deceive or destroy believers. It's some, sometimes just a result of a lack of understanding because the mysteries of the kingdom oftentimes can go over our head, especially um, when we're reading the Bible with our Western mindsets and not taking uh, a look into the Hebrew or Hebraic mindset of Scripture. Okay, so I'm going to read a few verses um, beginning at Matthew chapter 16, verses 13 through 19. It says, when Jesus or Yeshua came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Yeshua answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee thou, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Okay, so one thing we have to understand is that Yeshua's desire is always to build the proper relationship with his disciples. In Hebrew, that word is Talmudin. A disciple is a student, as a student desiring to become like his teacher. Okay, so since his disciples are given the mandate by him to proclaim his name as savior to all nations. Therefore, it is important that they first know who he is. So Yeshua asked his disciples, who do men say that I am? 
And they begin to tell them. Some say you're one of the prophets. Others say you're John the Baptist or Jeremiah, so on and so forth. I just read it to you. So he wanted to be sure their knowledge of him wasn't based on simple hearsay or on public opinion and worldly speculation. Okay, because the world, the public, people have their own idea of who Christ is or who Messiah is. Other religions will interpret him a certain way. Um, other people, the world, they'll take bits and pieces of the gospel. They'll mix it in with their own carnal knowledge and come up with a conclusion. And, you know, what's interesting is that the people's response were all biblical. They said, well, you know, uh, we think maybe he's Elijah or John the Baptist or, you know, he could be Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. And so, uh, you know, Yeshua is saying, listen, I want to make sure that you guys understand that in order to have a proper relationship with me or, or, or relationship, you have to have accurate knowledge of who I am. And that knowledge has to be revealed to you through relationship with me by the fact that you fellowship with me, the fact that you walk with me, you'll know exactly who I am. And so um, revelation knowledge is based on relationship knowledge. He had to be sure that they understood that he wasn't just another prophet or preacher or some other type of religious figure, but that he is in fact the Mashiach, the Messiah, the Christ, the son of the living Elohim, that he is the Messiah that is sent to restore Israel back to proper relationship with the Most High, and not only Israel, but the other nations as well. Okay, so it is very important. He's bigger than just a prophet. Yes, Yeshua is a teacher. He was known as a rabbi, a teacher. He's a prophet, apostle, but he's deeper than that. He's the Son of God himself. He is God manifested in the flesh. He is the satisfaction of every righteous demand uh, concerning sin. He is the, the substitutionary offering of our sins. He is the bridge to bring and restore us back into proper relationship with the most high faith built on the Messiah is what grants us eternal life and power over the devil. Those who know him, who fellowship with him are now given keys. So you don't give the keys to your car or home to someone you don't know or trust. A key, you know, why? Because a key allows someone access. All right. Keys open doors and locks them. If you're with someone who has keys to a car, they can bring you along as a passenger. Okay. So the keys given not only open up a door for you to enter something into something, um, but also allows you to allow others to pass into that entrance and, and come into that space as well. And so when you have keys, it denotes that you have authority. All right. So, you know, if you have the keys to your vehicle, you have the authority to drive that car. Amen. And so the Lord relates his kingdom relationship, covenant relationship with him that I'm giving you keys to my kingdom because why you're my disciples that understand that I am the Messiah. You understand and know who I am because of the relationship that we have. 
And this is vital and key. If we're going to understand the teachings of the Lord, we got to understand what relationship to a Hebrew Messiah means. Remember, he's speaking to his disciples in Hebrew and Aramaic. Okay, Aramaic was also a liturgical language and a widely spoken language, very close in relationship to Hebrew. So the the way in which he communicates, being an Israeli, is going to relate to the people where they live, the language and culture and customs that they have, and the theology that they understand. Amen. And so we have to understand who the Mashiach is. The Hebrew Messiah, the Hebrew Yeshua. I know someone has a teacher, the Hebrew Yeshua versus the Greek Jesus. We got to know the Hebrew Yeshua. I think we've learned a lot about the westernized Greek philosophical view of Jesus, but we have to understand who the Hebrew Messiah is as he's revealed himself to his disciples. Okay, so we understand keys open doors and keys to note having authority. If you own a home or if you rent out an apartment, you have the keys to the place. Amen. And and so you're able to give those keys to other people. You're not going to just give them to anybody. You're going to give them to people that you know and trust. Amen. And so the keys of the kingdom indicate that his apostles have access to his presence and power and can even open doors to allow others to partake in this experience. You know what I'm saying? So we can open those doors. We have access to his presence and power as his disciples. And we can also um, uh, open doors for others to experience that as well. Well, how does that happen? Well, when you proclaim his gospel and and, 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 and you preach his word and, and someone's faith now, you know, hooks up with the message of the kingdom because it's been preached in power and demonstration. Well, now you've opened up a key to their heart into the kingdom of heaven for eternal life in the presence of God or the power of God to manifest in their life. You know, when we open our mouths, we come together and collectively begin to praise the Lord. What are we doing? The Bible says in his, uh, the Lord inhabits the presence, uh, the praises, excuse me, of his people. When his presence and power is there, other people can begin to feel it and sense it. Okay. So we have the keys of the kingdom and it's for us for those who know him and to open doors for others to know him as well. Now let's get over to binding and loosing because I, I think I covered even a mystery about the keys of the kingdom, how to know authority and that in itself could be a teaching altogether, but let's talk about binding and loosing. Okay. Because a lot of times what we see happening, and I mentioned this briefly in the beginning is that, Especially if you grow up or you've been um, as a believer associated with the Pentecostal, charismatic, full gospel side of the church, the spiritual deep side of the church. Amen. You know, those baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit or in Hebrew, we call it the Ruach Hokadesh. In Greek, it's the Numa. Numa means breath or wind in the Greek and in, in Ruach. In Hebrew means breath or wind. And so when we say Kodesh, it means holy or set apart. So the set apart wind or breath of the almighty. Okay. So when we're associated in those, those factions of the body and we get deep into spiritual warfare, a lot of times binding and loosing, I've heard people say, you know, what's up with things you bind? So if you want to bind up poverty, you lose riches. You know, you want to bind up, um, uh, bind the devil from, attacking or 
I bind the spirit of murder and I lose the spirit of love. There is some truth in that, but really binding and loosing when he's speaking this to his disciples, his Talmudine, his disciples who were Hebrews, who lived in the um, region of Judah, the southern kingdom, who were Jews, who um, attended synagogue, who, who grew up hearing the you know pre, uh, Torah being taught in synagogue and, 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 and were taught and trained up by their parents in the Torah. When they hear the terminology binding and loosing, it goes back to the rabbis, you know, the rabbinical authority of a rabbi um, uh, ability to um, decide, decipher based on the Torah um, what is acceptable or unacceptable in the faith community's life. Okay. To bind literally means to forbid. Loose. And, and, and both of these are Hebrew idioms. Okay. These are expressions, cultural expressions that, you know, in our language may say something to us, but you have to understand the meaning behind it from a particular culture. So to bind literally means to forbid loose is another Hebrew idiom and it means to permit. So binding and losing refers specifically to judu- judicial applications of dietary Sabbath and other regulations, including civil law, all found within the scriptures. Okay, so what is permissible and what is not permissible. And so with the rabbis, they even based a lot of it off of their own man-made doctrines and traditions. But Yeshua is saying your authority to bind and lose comes from your relationship with me, the Mashiach. And Messiah said, I didn't come to do away with the Torah the law and the prophets, but to fulfill, to fully preach it. So your understanding of the word based on your covenant relationship with the Messiah is important for the disciples to begin to bind and loose. Um, Yeshua was establishing his disciples, his Tamil Dean as his special messengers or his apostles. Okay. To be the governing authority of his, his of his congregation or of his church. So he said, I'm giving you the authority like the rabbis have in the synagogue to bind and loose. And this the, the difference is this is coming directly from heaven. This is coming from the heavens, the kingdom of heaven. This is coming from the almighty himself, because my father has revealed to you that I am the Messiah and that now I'm training you up. In Torah, based on relationship with the Messiah or Christ. Amen. So, um, their ability, he's establishing the, the apostles to be the governing authority of his congregation. Their ability to render proper judgment would be based on seeking the mind of Messiah through examining scriptures and seeking the Ruach Kodesh or the Holy Ghost for guidance. Psalms 118 and 19 says forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So the word has already declared what is prohibited and permitted in the heavens. It must now be proclaimed on the earth. Let me read that again. Psalms 119 verse 89 forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. So we have to. Gain from what is in heaven 
and understand it so it can be applied and proclaimed on this earth. Yeshua is the bridge to that. He's been given authority both in heaven and in earth. Amen. You know, by him, through his blood, we have access to the very holy of holies, the presence of God. We can come boldly before the throne of grace. Amen. And so the word has already declared what is prohibited and permitted in heaven. It must now be proclaimed on earth. And Yeshua, so so we understand that. What has he already proclaimed? He said what? Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. He says, turn not your foot, um, um, uh, turn away your front from not keeping the Sabbath. And what I will raise you on high and provide you with a heritage. That's over in Isaiah. You know, he gives us, you know, the Bible says what well, he teaches us, what's clean and unclean, what's holy and not holy based upon his word. He's already declared it. So we have to spend time with him in his presence and in his word to understand what is acceptable and unacceptable. We have to proclaim what is righteous and what is unrighteous. What is acceptable before God, what's an acceptable sacrifice and what's an unacceptable sacrifice. Amen. He gave instructions concerning everything, basically. And so in Yeshua, also what darkness is bound and light is loosed into the light of the life of the believer. Amen. Sickness and disease is also bound and healing is loose. What he said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. All right. So that means he's binding up sickness. He's already declared that by his stripes, we are healed. Amen. Depression is bound and joy is loose. Why? Because in him, there's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. In the presence of the Lord, the Bible says there is fullness of joy. If you have Yeshua, if you have relationship with him, then his spirit lives on the inside of you. What the Holy Ghost is shed abroad in your heart. You know, the love of God is shed there. So if you feel forsaken, then his love has been been shed there already. Ready. So in other words, he's bound up um, a lack of relationship with him and filled us up with his spirit to have covenant relationship with him. Death is bound and eternal life is loosed. Amen. So uh, I'm going to read this Isaiah 51 and 16. And I've put my words in thy mouth and I've covered thee in the shadow of mine hand that I may plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth and say unto Zion, thou art my people. I'll plant the heavens and lay the foundations of the earth. Amen. Things are dark in the heavens first to have an impact here on this earth. We even see that in the creation order. We see that in, um, how the things, the celestial bodies were created first to impact the things here on this earth. So, you know, we, we just have to understand that pattern, you know, let's not just run around binding and loosing. Let's get in his word, find out what he says is acceptable and unacceptable and proclaim that. Amen. So, um, you know, so that we can properly see a body properly governed under the kingdom of heaven nurtured and brought up properly so that we may overcome the works of the enemy so that we can loose the keys of the kingdom to see captive people set free. Amen. Amen. All right. So I pray that this brief teaching has been a blessing to you. May God continue to bless and strengthen you. May his face shine upon you. May he grant you his shalom. And then we'll meet again another time. Amen. Shalom. Shalom.